when it comes to building our vision, I like it when the whole team can come together and contribute to what this vision is. I worked with Foundations Nursery a couple of years ago now when they were just setting themselves up and they took the members of staff that they had in place, they all came together and they asked their staff, what do we want for young children? And each member of staff recorded this on a piece of paper and then the leadership team fed all those ideas together to make one common vision for the setting. This vision then guided all the future practice that went on there. It also meant that when they were advertising for new staff, they could, they could share their vision with the potential people that would come and work for them and just check that they just believed in that ethos and it was for them as well. So I want you to spend some time, if you haven't got this already, thinking about what your vision is. And as I've said, this is something I focus on a lot when I'm starting my training. It's what we cover at the start of IHUGA in early years accreditation as well. It's really important that we have that shared goal, that shared focus of what we're working towards. Because otherwise, this is when our team can come a little bit disjointed. And as a result of that, staff morale can take a bit of a dip. And then we often see things negatively going on, even niggling in the background or starting to affect the practice that's going on. Now, I want to go a little bit further into this now and supporting our team. And in particular, look at what we can do if we've got somebody in our team that's been a little bit difficult. Perhaps they're not buying into that vision. Perhaps they're the person that's constantly talking behind your back or being really negative. We want to try and get rid of this negativity. It doesn't help anybody. And while we've got that negativity there, nobody is going to move forward. We want everybody to be enthusiastic and bought into the practice that we're doing. So here are a few ideas of what we might want to try. So my first step is making sure that you're spending some time working with your team, working in the setting with them and getting into their room without having an agenda. So this is all about noticing the little things that that person, that team member does and commenting on those positives. So perhaps you've got a staff member that interacts so calmly with the children or maybe they're just wonderful at capturing that high level of fascination when sharing a new story with the children. It's things like this that you notice and you tell them about and you say, do you know what, today I absolutely love the way that you told the story of Dear Zoo and you just had the children gripped onto every word that you read. I thought this was great. And then just leave it at that. You're not mentioning any action points. You're not talking about anything else that you've seen. You're not talking about notes from the staff meeting from the week before. You're focusing on the little things and the positives and just dropping them in, you know, here and there. It's going to make that person feel better about themselves. And really, it doesn't take that long to do, to take that time to thank staff um, for the work that they're doing. Because I think whenever 
we as a member of staff feel appreciated, we're always going to go that little bit extra or do that little bit more. So um, yeah, think about that. It might be that in a staff meeting, you take the time to thank your staff for coming up with ideas. Even if an idea is mentioned that isn't quite what you are looking for, you focus on the fact that that person has shown up to the staff meeting with enthusiasm or they're thinking outside the box and you thank them for the ideas that they've contributed. Okay, tip number two, work on your own active learning. So when staff do come to you to talk to you about something that's bothering them or perhaps things that are not quite going right or they've got a little niggle, I want you to take the time to actively listen to what they're saying. And when this happens, it means that you're not listening to what they're saying but in your mind thinking of how you're going to respond or thinking up with a counter argument against what they're saying when we're really trying to build stronger minds and encourage that active listening in ourselves there's things that we can do so we can perhaps repeat or paraphrase what's being said um, not interrupting the flow of the conversation but giving that person the time to express themselves and then give yourself a pause when they finished and that's your thinking time. That's your time to prepare your questions that you want to ask for further clarification or share your point of view. But you don't have to just jump straight in there. Also, when you're listening, it, it takes a little bit of time to get used to this, but try and listen to the speaker in between the lines, trying to tune into what their words are saying, the feelings, the assumptions, values, wishes, and their fears. Use your instincts to consider if this person means what they're actually saying and being alert to the language and the body language that can indicate the feelings as well. So it's just trying to tune into all those other cues that a person uses when they're expressing themselves. Don't rush as well to try and fill spaces and silences. You know, sometimes we consider these as awkward moments. Silence can enable the speaker to think through or reflect more deeply on what they're telling you. And it can enable them to gain that additional insight into the views or make links between ideas. So don't just think that that silence is a time where you feel emotional discomfort, but actually it's a chance to reflect on the feelings. And then lastly, be open and honest. So when you've had this period of active listening and you've paused at the end of it to reflect and gather your own thoughts, build trust with your team by being open and honest back and tell them what you've understood as a result of the conversation that you've had or the reflections. And, you know, be honest as well yourself. If something's not gone to plan um, or things are not working as you thought they might or you've tried something new that you had great hopes for, but actually you can see now that it hasn't, it hasn't worked out, then just be open and, you know, have that open relationship with this member of staff and say, look, we gave it a try. We've ran with it for a little while now. And I can understand 
how you must be feeling now that we understand that this isn't working. Your team are going to build trust in you because you're being open and honest. Same thing goes if you're feeling like your business isn't quite going to plan. Things are not working as well as they should be and there's room for improvement. Be open and honest about it. If you're at a loss that month, then tell your team about it and say, look, I'm really struggling here with the finances. You know, we've got the government cuts and setbacks. Can anyone think of an inventive way of how we can bring more money into our nursery? Has anyone been on a Facebook group and seen what others have done? Come on, let's all work together and just try and do the best that we can for our nursery. And it's giving that collective responsibility then. And it's not just putting all the onerous tasks back onto you. Okay, my next tip, it's tip number three, is meet. Make time to meet with each member of your team at least once a month. This should be informal, give each other a chance to talk about how everything's going and then arrange an area to meet in that's not your office because this is your space and this can be intimidating. Instead, find a space that you can set up for the day while these meetings are going on and make it nice. Add a vase with some flowers in, light some candles, have some lovely tea and cake making it a really pleasurable experience and not something that turns into a daunting meeting that nobody wants to go to. Okay, the next tip is all about clicks. So this happens when you've got a group of people, could be big, it could be small, that all have a similar interest and views. And when they get together, it can cause some difficulties if these views are quite strong. So when you're thinking about how you're planning, how your staff are rotated, how they're organised, perhaps even how you organise your staff meetings, make sure you're flexible and you're offering opportunities for your staff to move around and not always work in those same groups. Okay, and then my last top tip is nip it in the bud. So if you're noticing that you've got a particular member of staff that's causing negativity, then arrange a meeting to talk about what's causing this. And the sooner you nip something in the bud and you address these issues, the better it's going to be because then you're not going to have it escalating and growing even bigger and turning into something that it probably isn't. So there you go. There are a few tips from me on what I find works really well. But as I said, I want to share some of the top tips from my Hugo in early years accreditees. Things that they have found have worked for them to help boost staff morale and to support that effective team working. So the wonderful N Croft says that each month or each half term, she sends out a staff newsletter and on there she pops on some planned dates or events or training so that all staff know about what's up and coming and they have chance to organize the shifts and their plans for you know what happens when they're not in work and who looks after the children well ahead of time and then during these monthly or half-termly staff meetings 
time is always set aside so that people can work in their teams or in their groups that are in a room together about maybe the child's interests, about things that are causing issues, maybe about routine or planning responsibilities, so that it doesn't become a niggling thing that only gets covered maybe once every six months. They're constantly keeping on top of it. Okay, my next top tip is from the wonderful James at Nursery Nook. Now, James, when he was working as a leader in a school, he said that one thing he did, which might not have been everyone's cup of tea, was that he planned regular staff meeting possibilities outside of work. So his team would get together and they would do something like an escape room challenge. It brings out an element of competitiveness, but it helps everybody gel and create memorable moments. So I really liked that. Eleanor from Insight Early Years Consultancy, one of my great friends, she shared that when she was a nursery manager in Leeds, she'd organise a yearly team building weekend where the team would go away for the weekend and they would organise things like a sports day or a trip to the seaside where they'd have sand building, sandcastle building competitions or a treasure hunt around London. Um, and then they'd always finish the weekend with a little bit of a fun award ceremony and drinks. I really liked that idea. And then I've been reading a book about staff members' well-being by Sonia Mainstone Cotton. And one of the things that she suggests in her book is to get a team of people around and organise a group planting bulb session. Talking about, as you're planting those, about how you all need to nurture each other and nurture yourselves. She then encourages her staff to take that pot home and for the staff to continue nurturing the, the plant or the bulb. And as they're doing so, they are just using that as a little bit of a reflection about how it's important to, to nurture and look after one another. So there you go, a few hints and tips there for you, not just from myself, but from some other members of my group and my professional circle. And I hope that you found that useful. So if you've enjoyed this week's podcast episode and you would like to find out more or you're quite interested in some of the other training that I have on offer, do head across to my website, www.hugainthearlyyears.co.uk and you'll find a handful of goodies over there. There's also um, my Facebook page as well, Hugo in the Early Years, with lots of hints and tips on there to support your daily practice. And I also appear on Instagram once a day during the week where I do my morning show. So again, lots more free early years training and professional development that you can join in with. Okay, well, I hope you enjoyed this. If you have, do leave me an honest review. If you've listened to this, do let me know. Send me a direct message or, you know, take a screenshot of you listening to it and add it to your Instagram stories and tag me in it. I'd love to know. Well, that's it for me for this week. And I look forward to working with you again next week. Have a lovely weekend. Bye.